Warning, the following content occasionally contains adult themes and language, which is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to another episode of Cinematic Rewind. Joining me today to talk about Alien is Regent. Oh man, I don't feel so good. And Cookie. Yeah, my stomach isn't feeling right. Oh, poor John Hurt. Anyways, this film was released in 1979. It has an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb, has a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, and has an 89 on Metacritic. I do believe this is the highest rated film we have ever covered, so... Alien is the highest rated film we've ever covered, even ranking over all the TV shows we've covered. I think the closest thing to this would be Queen's Gambit, which has a score of 96. This is 98, so it is really up there. I think it deserves that, and we will see through this podcast how everybody feels. I'll start off with the usual question. Cookie, how did you first come across this film? Well, that's a good story. I've only seen it twice. The most recent one viewing for this podcast is when. So the only other time was when I was a young lad in his early 20s. I was dating a girl who really liked movies. That was kind of our thing. We both enjoyed a lot of movies. And her brother was also, he also big into movies. So one day a bunch of us decided to watch a movie and we let him choose. And he was like, hey, I'll watch Alien. I knew about it, but I didn't care for it. I wasn't like, I'm not really into sci-fi horror and stuff. So I was okay with watching it mostly because I was like, okay, you know, me and my girlfriend's here. If she gets scared, hey, you know. <laughs> so I started watching it. I was like, okay, I'm I'm enjoying this movie. This is actually pretty good. Like, I can't believe I haven't seen it. And I'm over here thinking, like, I'm already getting like anxious and scared watching it. And I'm thinking she's gonna get scared. She actually ended up just laughing through the movie. So it was a really weird <laughs> viewing for me because I'm over here like nervous, like, oh man, this is a horror movie. And she's just like laughing at the movie. And a bunch of the other people did too. So it was a really weird mix. And I, I bring all that out because on a second viewing, I have so much more appreciation for this film. And I definitely picked up on a lot more stuff on this most recent. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll definitely have to dive into the horror aspect of this film. I definitely have something to say on that. But before I do, Regan, how did you first come across this film? My horror movie upbringing. Earliest memory would have to be with my father and my brother particularly this was back when movies were really hitting their golden age so you had movies like alien jaws et like whole world of just great movies coming out with great storytelling and great characters to relate to that was my first encounter of aliens or in this case alien and then as i got older got back into watching more science fiction based movies really got back into appreciating this movie again and then all the pop culture alien has been thrown into as well and also particularly a ride at a particular park on the east coast of the states wait there's a ride to this movie there was it was called alien encounter it was in tomorrowland in magic kingdom at walt disney world it was a 360 show that you went into this little theater area and it was a pod like there's just one giant glass chamber pod you would all sit in roughly one two four rows of 360 degree seats and they would be talking about studying an alien life and it breaks loose out of the chamber attacks the scientists and grows into a full-born alien aka we're just spoiling the whole gist of this movie and your seats 
you're locked in and throughout the movie the lights or throughout the show the lights go off and your seat you start getting like little taps in like your back and like your seat underneath like your thighs are it hits your thighs to make it feel like it's running around crawling underneath you or sneaking behind you and then you'll hear like the crackling noise it makes when it's stalking the screaming you'll hear like hit you with like water mist it felt like you were in the movie for like a good five minutes maybe seven minutes depending on how long if there was any hiccups or people taking their sweet time getting into the show that ride then was closed it then turned into stitches encounter for better part of a decade i want to say and then they just closed that right out or that show out and they don't know what they're going to do with that space yet interesting i thought this movie was made by warner brothers yeah, but back then, there wasn't really much of a fight when it came to intellectual properties or paying royalties for a ride for likeness. That wasn't until like the early 2000s when movies really started making a crap ton, like billions plus dollars where every corner mattered. Right. Okay. That makes a lot more sense because with the w- way movies and IPs work now, you would have to have it at like a Warner Brothers studio thing. But no, that makes more sense. So my history with this film, I've always heard of it and I knew about it. I'd heard people talk about it and they always raved about Sigourney Weaver in this film. And they just talked about how it was such a good horror film and you should always watch it every Halloween. And I'd seen like people making, I would say, cosplays or models, like actual like Lego models of this film. And I watched it Monday night and I gotta say I was a little disappointed. I didn't go into it with too much hype. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think it was going to be that great. And I was kind of right from my perspective. I was definitely going into it expecting a horror film. And I gotta say, I wasn't even the least bit interested in this film until like the last five minutes of the film. And it has a near two hour runtime. So. Okay. So I have to interject. First and foremost, with this type of movie, did you watch with the lights on or off? Off. Did you quiet everything else around you so you would not be distracted, including your phone? Yes. Who are you? It wasn't scary. Yeah, my thing is, I was already kind of worried up with you, because sometimes when we go through these movies, you definitely watch it differently than a lot of people. I don't know, with this film, you got to really think about when it came out. Was it 1979 was when it originally came out? And a lot of stuff, especially for you, Venture, I feel like you've seen what this movie was able to provide. A lot of sci-fi, especially horror, whenever they tend to mix together, a lot of that stuff has to came from Alien, a, a vast majority of it, because Alien had did so well. So I can understand you saw the future aspect. You you saw the additions, you know, it's like you dealing with a phone from the 80s. You wouldn't be impressed. You're like, this is like, this ain't nothing to me. But back in the 80s, you would have been like, oh, wow, this phone is up to date. This is really cool. It has all these features. So I think of it kind of like that, where you've seen better stuff. There are better movies than Alien, but Alien is one of the, the better sci-fi films in history. And the other thing I do want to add, too, is I feel like Alien is a science fiction film with horror elements. It's not a horror movie. I've never said around thinking it was like this big ass horror movie i mean if you wanted that you might as well watch like nightmare on elm street but this is sci-fi this is a space thriller where they're being chased by an alien i mean that'd be like you watching the original halloween from john carpenter and i start off with watching like the rob zombie remake for halloween so it's that same like generational gap even though we're only you know 10 years apart we grew up on the practical effects of movies and film where people took a lot of time and effort versus later sci-fi slash horror movies used a lot of cgi to make things a little unrealistic now granted alien attacking terrorizing a ship and all that to be determined in the future once you know space fleets become more real of a thing but from a movie 
movie standpoint, I'm on cookie side. This is a science fiction movie by far with horror elements. It was great for what it is. And honestly, compared to a lot of the other sci-fi movies, at least in the last decade or so, this still stands up when it comes to the test of time as cinema as a whole. Yeah. And I just want to emphasize the, the thriller part of it, as in, I feel like a lot of the horror elements is the uneasy. Even when I watched this, I felt uneasy because of the music. There was almost never a really well lit scene. So they kept the scenes dark. They always kept it really tight. You could almost never see the full monster. There was always a threat. And I feel like that's the purpose of watching is that you're just supposed to be uneasy. And you don't know what's about to happen. You don't know what this threat is. I also think about space too. It's like the whole idea of being out space there's nowhere to go that's what helps me when i watch this is that i feel like i'm a viewer that they purposely made the movie for and i get that element when i watch it yeah like i i get where both of you are coming from maybe it is a generational thing and maybe i expected more horror whereas this is like you said supposed to be thriller maybe that's on me but maybe it's also on the movie kind of itself because it does kind of set itself up as a horror film as you go through the film it does set it up to be that I'm not denying the horror. I'm just saying that the horror might be on, might not be on your level because I, even now I was still uneasy watching it. To me, that's horror. I don't need bodies being split apart. Like for you, explain to us, what is horror for you? What, give us an example. What would I consider horror as an actually scares me? Well, I'm assuming that's what you're basing this movie off of, right? When you say it's not horror for you, what are you basing off of? Um, if I were to base it off of something, um, I don't know, uh, Haunting of Hill House, of course, duh. <laughs> okay, and that for me wasn't scary. I got bored watching it. <laughs> so fair, maybe, fair. Maybe we do have different definitions of horror. I would say anything psychological. I very much enjoy psychological horror. You know, I get that scared, uneasy feeling that we've been talking about where you're just like, oh, what's going to happen next? Because I feel like if something messes with my mind, then I'm more apt to be scared because I don't know what I'm going to be thinking, how I'm going to be feeling. But in this, I enjoyed the practical effects. I thought everything looked fantastic. So let's get that out of the way. It wasn't because it looked cheesy or campy. I just don't think the suspense was built up very well. That's fair. I actually do think it was. I mean, throughout the entire film, I felt uneasy. For me, a lot of it was just because, yeah, the cinematography and the, the sound that they use. But especially if you tend to be affected more with the psychological part. Yeah, I give that to you. There was very little psychological in this film. I put myself into the crew's perspective. And that's why I like this movie. And I respect it even more on this because I felt like as I was watching it, I was part of the crew. And that's where I was getting that horror element. Like, oh my gosh, like we can, we can only run so much. Where, where did this thing come from? We don't even know what it is. It's dark as hell on the ship and i don't know where this thing is at and then when when it starts taking out crew members and you're just like oh shit that's why for me i like it because it almost kind of makes me feel like i'm on that ride i mean i don't need all that stuff going on but as i'm watching it get that roller coaster feeling that's why i think it's a well-made movie and personally i think that's also why the ratings are so well for it being a commercially successful film and also from a review standpoint now, I will say this movie is incredibly well made. I thoroughly enjoyed the script. I thought that was great. I thought the set designs were fantastic. The acting was great. Musical score, great. All of the practical effects, amazing. I just didn't find myself enjoying the central plot of the film and the horror aspects of it. 
See, and that's that's kind of where I'm still stuck on. Like, as your guys are di- discussing all this, I'm still entangled, probably the best word I can think of, about your definition of horror, because you said psychological horror, but that technically is a, another subgenre of horror as a whole in the spectrum of horror. For me, my definition of horror would be like your classic like 80s horror and even prior. Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, like, heck, even like the original, the very first Candyman movie, like those particular movies are pinnacle horror as a whole and then you have psychological horror movies like Saul, Hostel, at least part one and other ones that were in that realm of psychology, borderline body torture and then you have all the other spectrums of horror that basically these film studios are trying to milk out saying oh it's a new genre of horror I'm like no it's just a spin just of a different aspect of the term horror like genuine horror like not like just seeing it from the the eyes of the people like Cookie was saying like felt like he was part of the crew but also for me horror is seeing it through the eyes of the assailant like Halloween is one of my favorite like horror movies watching Michael Myers like cautiously watching somebody and like falling them down like like that was horror like you have this this inevitable thing coming after you and no matter what you can do you can't get away from it like that to me is horror at least in its purest essence yeah, like I understand that those movies are horror and I know that they're in the, the genre of horror and I'm never going to debate that. I'm not going to debate that this movie is in horror, but it just more so surprised me to find out that it was one after not feeling remotely suspenseful or scared at all. That's just one of the things I have about the movie that I didn't quite enjoy, but there are so many more things in this movie to enjoy. I wanted to bring up another sci-fi horror film that I enjoy and I I know this is going to be slightly controversial, especially with how badly it's rated, but have either of you seen the 2011 film Apollo 18? No. No. Think Blair Witch Project, but in space. Nah, I'm, I'm content. If, if I want to watch something like that, but a little bit more grotesque, I'd watch the, the life horror movie in space that had Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, and a couple other actors. That sounds pretty good. To listeners out there, if you know what Apollo 18 is, it's what I'm looking for in a space sci-fi horror. And it still has those elements from this movie. I do actually think it borrowed heavily from this movie, like Cookie was talking about. Those elements of the unknown threat, you have that slow buildup of suspense. You can put yourself into the shoes of the crewman and just feel fear for these people. You know, it's really weird to hear you say that, and yet you didn't get that from this movie. I mean, I guess to each their own. So, from a storyline standpoint, what bothered you about the storyline? We're not worried about the horror elements. It's the story of them finding the alien and all the stuff that transpired. I would say the just how the crew acted towards Winona Ryder. Winona Riders. No, that's not it. Sigourney Weaver. Whew. Sigourney Weaver. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, this dude uh, loves his Netflix, I tell you. Okay. Stranger Things. Fuck. Come on, man. Finding Dory. Sigourney Weaver. She's here to help us. Yes. Okay. 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 But yeah. Anywho, seeing the way that the cast treated Sigourney Weaver and just the lack of care they took for an alien life form, how they sort of threw caution out the wind when it came to the quarantine. They just let them in. Dude, you didn't piece that together. That was a whole setup. Yes, I know. I know. It was the android whole deal. Also, that's a horror movie trope from the 80s where it's one dumb decision leads into an entire catastrophe. That is a horror movie trope by far. Like Evil Dead, Cabin Fever, Friday the 13th, like all those horror movies have that trope in almost every single one of those movies in their anthologies. 
Yeah, and I refuse to believe that, like, every human just all thinks the same in these movies. Like, that's the point. <laughs> people can be selfish. People can be greedy. People make dumb decisions. And to me, that's what that reflected on that one is. I mean, from the start, a couple people was like, no, nah, we shouldn't do this. Even the the black guy that was in the film, he was like, hey, like, screw it. Like, we're, we're a commercial ship. Let's just go back. And I know he was just trying to get more money. But to me, I'm like, that could have saved them right there. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you know what? We are a commercial ship. Screw it. Let's just go ahead and go back. No one's going to get on our case. Yeah, just like the studio that made Alien vs. Predator. So there's that aspect, and I know that that sets up the whole fact that he's an android and they really want proof of alien life, but there's that bit, and then it goes on further. The way that they handle it after they know that this dude is practically dead. If we take this off, it could kill him. Once they find out the thing has acid blood, they don't just dump the dude and move on. Well, they wanted to save his life. Can you blame them? I can't blame them. It just bothered me. Okay. And then the fact that they just let him go as soon as the creature died on his face mysteriously when they weren't in the room. They didn't do many checks on him. They're just like, hey, you're good to go. Well, they do have a ship to take care of, too. They can't just always keep an eye on that guy. Like, Also, you do know the name of that alien, right? What, Facehugger? Yes. <laughs> That's what I always call him. <laughs> no, that, that, that actually is the unofficial official name for the larva form of the alien is a facehugger because that's how it implants itself in a human as a host because it uses a host to survive just like any other animal in the kingdom that has a mate for producing. But the official alien that morphs into is a xenomorph. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because I feel like from a lore standpoint, I enjoyed the movie even more because on this rewatch, I picked up more on some of the explanations and a lot more of the visual details. And I feel like that's also what helped the Alien franchise is that there is some lore behind it and they create their kind of own storyline with the whole Alien thing. And sure, there's some crappy movies. We can all joke about that stuff. But from a standpoint of to compliment them is that I feel like it's too bad that those things keep you from enjoying the film because i feel like from a sci-fi standpoint they have a good story to tell they do and i won't take it you know i'm not gonna ever take that away from this film i think that the script and the storyline is actually good i just didn't enjoy it well the fun fact regarding what you were saying about how the the movie is actually for the movie to be sold to 20th century fox because they want nothing to do with it in the beginning a writer or script reader put a note on the script saying it's jaws but in space and that sold the 20th century fox the moment they read that note i haven't seen jaws either he's making this really easy for us i know my blood pressure is fluctuating more than my heart rate did in the freaking movie watching it yeah, I wouldn't go that far as that. But to save our audience for those who did enjoy the film. So thinking about like what we normally do, the different pieces of the film. So I would say, you know, starting out, let's talk about some of our favorite scenes in the film then. Because even Venture agrees that there's at least some good elements about the film. You pointed out music and a couple other things. I would say for me, my favorite scene in the film is a lot of people's favorite scene. And it's definitely the whole chess explosion <laughs> where, where that thing popped out because... When you find out a lot of the behind the scenes about that, one of the things is they used real blood. That was actually real animal blood and animal guts. And the fact that all the reactions you see are very genuine. They didn't know how all that stuff was going to pop out. And especially watching it this time, I almost stared at the screen. I stared at that just to see how everybody reacted. And I was like, oh my gosh, this really makes this part of the movie. Because you can just see everyone 
freakishly react because I know I would. I'm not even going to, you know, practice what I would say, but I know I would definitely jump and cussing, having a crazy face because the other part too is the smell. <laughs> having real animal blood up in there definitely funked up the place. But yeah, that was, I know it's stereotypical, but it was actually my favorite scene. And I do a lot, I do enjoy a lot of the other scenes in the film. How about you two? So I'm going to chime in real quick because Venture said about the music. So the the music was made by Jerry Goldsmith, at least for conducting and entertainment purposes. If you look up Jerry Goldsmith's catalog of movies he has recorded in his career up until his timely, untimely passing, pretty much all the major movies that were out that were not a Steven Spielberg or George Lucas or a Zuckheimer was produced or a Hans Zimmer or Danny Elfman was all him. Think about it. You had like the animated Milan movie. He did music for that. He did for Alien because we're talking about he did The Omen from 1976. Patton. There's so many movies from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and even early 2000s like the Hollow Man remake with Kevin Bacon. The Sum of All Fears was on there. Oh, he did those? Yeah. He also did the first Mummy movie. Oh, legit. Yeah, like uh, Mr. Baseball, Gladiator, like Jerry Goldsmith was tied to a ton of musical projects in his lifetime. Like you were saying, we were saying before about like how John Williams and Hans Zimmer put out bangers. Like Jerry Goldsmith himself can attest to that he put out bangers. Even L.A. Confidential. Yeah, this this was a good movie. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the soundtrack for this one. Yeah, that's what I want to hit home and be like a dead horse because that's the music part of me. Yeah, absolutely face hugger for me. The scene where she comes out in the lift suit and just says, get away from her, you bitch. Oh, yeah. Lost it. That that was my that was my definitive Sigourney Weaver has arrived as a badass final girl, which that also became a trope for a lot of horror movies where the final girl goes through this metamorphosis of growing and no longer taking anyone's quite literal shit and just puts their foot down the very end like, nah, I'm here to kick your ass now. I'm, I'm done with this. This is no longer fun. On that note, even though it, it took a while to get more of them, when people were saying that we didn't have like these strong females in movies, not going a whole thing, but I've definitely heard that on social media for a while. People definitely like we said it might not be a whole lot of them but don't forget her she was awesome you had so much respect for her and she gets even more badass in the next film and that's still a well respected i'm not going to talk about anything past number two but for aliens i mean it's too bad i don't see venture watching it and it's because it's it's also more of an action film fyi venture it's it's not really that much horror it's an action film with horror elements sci-fi action but it's still really well written it's another one that a lot of people respect and speak highly of and it definitely shows her character getting even even more badass facts but i think that too was also a small trope it wasn't like one of the major ones like the final girl becomes a badass at the end and you know defeats her tormentor and of that film usage but like cookie said first movie is a sci-fi second movie becomes action i would say one of my favorite movie series at least for the first two would have to be terminator the first two terminators and went from being a sci-fi ish action movie to full-on action with sci-fi elements a lot of movies in the 80s were trying to find that healthy blend but they always the little likert scale where they would go one genre with some elements to the next genre and just try to find that pulse because they didn't know how to ride that wave of momentum and keep consistency going I agree with that. Well, Venture, give us a scene that you did enjoy. There's got to at least be something. I think you said even in the last five minutes you at least perked up or something. Oh, yes. I actually really want to talk about that. That Those last bits of the film where she finally gets the ship blown up and I'm like, okay, now they're just going to wrap the movie up. The ending was a bit anticlimactic, I thought, but I was so, so wrong and I was very glad to be wrong. So she's just chilling, doing her thing, getting ready to go into cryo to sort of just drift off into space until someone finds her and she's inspecting something and I see like this very rounded tube and I'm like, huh. 
That kind of looks like the top of the alien head. I was very right. It was the top of the alien head. And I think that was the first scene in the film where I actually was like, oh shit, this is a very, very tight space. She has nowhere to go. So this was like the first scene I felt like, okay, this is getting intense. This is nice. I like this. So she like backs up into like the closet. She puts on a space suit and then she grabs like a harpoon. I'm like, she's probably going to eject out into space. But what's the harpoon for? I was very right. She ejects out into space and then it grabs on him like that's what the harpoon's for but i thoroughly enjoyed it because i was very wrong about the ending of the film and it was just a very suspenseful scene where you could tell she was terrified but yet she was still like i'm gonna kill it going forward with it no matter how terrified she was and of course she took care of the cat so that's a huge plus so overall that was like my favorite scene in the movie because i just thought it was really well done from all aspects sci-fi horror thriller and action well, I guess for you, they should have just cut the movie down to 10 minutes then. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. The rest of the movie was good. You asked for my favorite. Oh, I know. But you've talked about how the last five minutes was really more true to what you would enjoy. What I expected. It's more like it, I should say. Maybe my expectations for horror sort of swayed my views quite a bit. But unfortunately, I can't take that back. Oh, that's fair. Like you said, everyone has a different opinion. That's why I feel like some of it might be affected by you saw the movies that's benefited from Alien success, because I can't help but think of when it came out. In 1979, they really didn't have anything of this type of scale. What Regent said earlier, I think it still stands the test of time, just because even though I know what happens, and sometimes some scenes, I see the alien suit and I can tell that it's a man inside. I still look at it from a visual standpoint. It's kind of like when you watch a play. When you watch a play you know you're watching actors you know it's a stage but really good plays have you get into it and you don't let that distract you and that's why i feel like even after all these years the film still does that for me so wait there was actually a person inside the suit i thought it was an animatronic nope real human actor okay so i was more convinced of their abilities for practical effects i thought that's still practical effects for sure but I, i always thought it was an animatronic Nope, the man was a 26-year-old design student. They found him at a bar when they were going out the one night, but he believed that he was 6 feet 10 inches tall, 7 foot inside the costume with a slender frame, could easily portray the alien and make it look like it was too long to be real, that a human could not be in that costume. So it was practical illusions with practical effects. Mmm, fun, fun. But yeah, that was definitely my favorite scene. Yeah, a couple other things with practical effects that <laughs> tripped me out when I saw it. When they were doing the little quick autopsy of the facehugger, that was shellfish and a couple other, you know, sea crustaceans and sheep kidney. And I'm like, who in the world would have put that together? Like that had to stink. And they had to do a quick shot of it because the discoloration was going to happen. So when they did that scene, they pretty much did it in one to two takes to knock it out really fast. I thought that was pretty interesting. I did recognize oysters in there for sure. Yeah, I definitely did. (laughs) That looks like an oyster. Now, what version did you all see recently? Because I saw the director's cut, which I didn't even know that existed. 4K remastered and anniversary edition. Same, actually. Okay, this is why I asked, because apparently the director's cut, they swapped out a ton of scenes, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but did you all have in your copy where the other female on the ship, not Sorny Reaver, but the other woman, she had slapped, really? Did y'all see that part? Where she was like, you almost let us die out there because you wouldn't listen the ship, and she just slapped shit on her. Did y'all see that part? I don't believe I recall seeing that. I think I did. I just rented the one on Amazon. I think that scene was in there. 
I have mine from Best Buy when it was first released. Yeah, so that's the point I'm bringing out is that it's only in the director's cut. And apparently what happened was sometime in the 90s, they found more footage that was not put into the film and they really pushed the director to put out a director's cut. And he was like, okay, okay, I'll do it. And he just swapped out a bunch of scenes. And that was one of the definitive ones right there in the film. Now, on another version of the film, the original one that was put out to movie studios or the rating scale, I should say, was a much, much bloodier and gorier version of the film and it was about to get an x-rated version and they were like all right we got to dial back for an example venture brett when he died in the landing compartment area originally the alien picks him up and disappears but in that version he actually gets picked up and gets his head completely like half eaten off and gets thrown to the ground and spraying blood everywhere and they walk in on him like just seeing his head like turning and look at him screaming like just half his mouth out like screaming for help yeah, it was pretty messed up. And honestly, that wouldn't have done it for me. It's not like seeing that version would have made me enjoy it more. I, I didn't need as much grotesque. I feel like I got what the movie needed to do, and especially as someone who didn't, who does enjoy it. Now, speaking of something about blood, the acid blood from the face of Hugger, that was actually something that was added to the story like near, near completion before they started filming kind of thing, or I should say the writing finally finished. They got most of the story done and they were trying to make that scene make sense. Do you two, what reason do you all think that they added the acid. There was actually a very important reason. So that way they wouldn't just kill the face hugger, like cut it up. So that way it could actually like implant the thingy. There you go. Venture got it right there on the spot. That's where when they started trying to make the story make sense, that's where it was like, why wouldn't they just shoot the thing? And yeah, acid blood. And I can't blame them. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. I would rather kill that thing and take my chances with the acid blood. <laughs> there has to be some material on that ship that is acid proof. I mean, most acid can be contained within a certain kind of plastic. Yeah, I mean, welcome to sci-fi movies. Sometimes they just make things sound so complicated when it really isn't. Right, but it works for the film. You can be like, okay, they can't just kill it, otherwise there's going to be a giant hole in the hold. Yeah, and that's the other top part, too, is when you create, let's say in this case, you create a being that's not of earth i don't know if you can always just come to the table and say it has to play by earth's rules and that's where i can give something like that credit is that hey you're dealing with this species you know nothing about you're hoping it's organic like you know of but you you don't know i mean you just came from a big ass ship that you didn't even understand what that was so i can also understand like you don't have too much time to try to figure this out yeah, no. And that's another thing I really like about this film is that they took so much time to whittle out every single detail they could to make this movie as bulletproof as it is. Just because I didn't enjoy the film doesn't mean I, I can't recognize how well made the movie is. They thought of different possibilities to be like, why, why can't you just kill it? Why can't they just turn on all of the lights and find it and kill it? There was reasons for it all and it just worked out really well to the point where I was submerged in the film to where I could watch it and, you know, tell what was going on. And I didn't feel like pulled out of the film at all. Yeah. And I appreciate you mentioning that because this is the first film that we've covered that I cannot go over all the movie trivia. It is overwhelming because of what you talked about is that the amount of detail they went into prop making, making the story, getting the actors, getting all that stuff. A lot of the things that was cut from the film, there's just so much to this that, I mean, I did not want to eat up so much time just going over the trivia for it. And I, I enjoyed reading it, but even it got overwhelming for a while because after after a while, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like it's taken me as long to watch the movie as it is to go through all the trivia I found. Mm -hmm. Speaking on trivia, did you want to bring some up, though? 
I have one for you real quick. So you know how earlier you botched Sigourney Weaver for Winona Ryder? I was going to edit that out, but sure. Oh, no, you're not, because she actually appears later on in Alien Resurrection. Hmm. So you had an actress, right? Just wrong generation of the Alien franchise. I don't know if Venture is going to sit through all the Alien movies to make it that far. One and two and done. Yeah. YouTube the clips with her if you really like your, your writer. If you do like prequels, I will say Prometheus and Covenant are good movies, but they're not Alien 1 and 2. Dude, he barely liked this one. He's not going to make it to the second one. Unless, listeners, if y'all like Aliens, you request that. I'm throwing that out. God, no. And we'll make this boy sit through them. Just not Alien vs. Predator or Requiem for the love of everything good in this world. Do not suggest those two movies. Now, for Venture, I know you personally, especially you like things of lore when it comes to a lot of this, anything of fantasy, fiction, and so forth. There is some online about the ship where they had found the alien. And I never knew after all these years. I can't remember the person who explains it, but it's someone that either wrote, helped write the film, which I think it was him, one of those people. But they explained what the ship was. I'm going to chop this up and try to make this really quick. So definitely go online, check it out, because I think it, it really deserves it for the film. But the ship where they found all the eggs. So you know what ship I'm talking about, right? That big mm -hmm. old thing. That was originally, they got stuck there. So whoever those people were, they were their own type of beings themselves. They weren't aliens. And what happened was when they got stranded on that planet where they were at, that's when they came across the eggs. And essentially what happened was through the course of everything, almost the exact same thing happened to them. When their people got face hugged, they decided to kill it. But what happened was when they killed it, the acid did mess up their ship. So they couldn't leave. And eventually, Eventually, enough of the aliens came to kill them. And what they decided to do was they were trying to send a beacon out saying that there is a disastrous alien form here. This is a warning. This is not, please do not come here. This is the warning. So especially early on when Ridley is talking about like, hey, I wonder if this is actually more of a warning. That was another key piece in there of kind of how the droid android was manipulating the situation where she actually had a point. She's like, hey, maybe we should decipher what this is. This is why this movie is so good from a cinematic standpoint, because there's all of that behind that, and I love that, and I will eat that shit up. Yeah, check it out, man. I enjoyed when I was reading it. I was like, wow, like they had a whole story for that, but because of for film and film's time, which you can also understand, there's not enough there for them to learn all that. So it is outside lore from the, the movie, but I think that shit was awesome. And you do know that there's prequels that was made recently. Do you know that? Okay, so that might be a part of that. For our listeners, I actually have not seen the prequels because the sequels have been such a letdown. I didn't even care to watch Prometheus or any of that stuff, but that's another one if y'all think we should watch it. I mean, I'll give it a try, but that is something I am curious is that if the prequels do touch on that. I'm actually very glad that they didn't include this, I would say, precursor plot in the film because, as you said, it's kind of the plot of Alien itself, but it was more like a what-if Alien film, so it would kind of ruin like the surprise of, oh, it's the facehugger is an alien that injects you with another alien, or I guess the same alien, and it grows and bursts out of your chest. You get like a tiny hint where you see like the skeletal remains, and they're like, well, something, something happened here but they're not quite sure what 
Yeah. And and it's pretty messed up because it's like, what if they did kill the, the face ogre early on? Like I'm thinking, like I probably would have tried to done is that would that have messed up the ship and could that have killed them? Once again, I'm going by the movie's logic because I do agree with you, you know, from a earthly standpoint, we have certain things saying stop acid. But from the movie standpoint, would that have spelt, you know, doom for them? Probably because they were really worried about it. And all they did was make a small cut. I can't imagine what would happen if they had shot it. Yeah. And look at that big ass ship that was for the previous people. And their ship was smaller. Yeah. So it's like, I could only imagine that's, that's not a small hole to close and how quickly you would have to get to that hole. Like humans are only so fast and they would have to climb down the ladders. And that's even without trying to do the sliding down the sides of pressing your insoles against the outside frame to slide down. Yeah. Oh gosh. As we're wrapping up, I do want to ask a question from a visual standpoint or more make a, a reference. We did cover Caddyshack on this podcast before. Both of these films were made within a year of each other. I don't know about you all, but Alien visually looked like it was definitely made more recent or the quality camera they use or something like it visually looks like a better film than Caddyshack does. Caddyshack looks like a 70s movie where Alien, at least for the director's cut I saw that was re-released in 2003, it looks damn good for his time well i mean if you compare budgets i think alien had an 11 million budget caddyshack i think was substantially less but did you see a difference that's more what my question is is that i wanted to compare two films within a year do you feel you visually saw a difference oh absolutely yeah alien looked a lot more pristine i hate using the term taking seriously but there was a lot more drive to give it that more realistic and organic look to the scenery with through the camera lens of course it did look really good. I actually struggled to really picture it as a 70s film because it looked more like 90s, early 2000s level film. Yeah. On well, this most recent viewing, if I just never knew about Alien, you said this was like 92, 94. I'd be like, okay, cool. No hesitation. It seems to me to be on the same level as a very recent movie we did with Bruce Willis that is slipping the name of me. Oh, Fifth Element. Yeah, I think it's on that visual level. Oh, I agree. When I started watching it, I was like, I bet Fifth Element got some of these, got some elements from Alien. But that was also commending it because, yeah, it did not feel, if you compared the both the films, I would, I could see saying that, oh yeah, this is probably within a few years of each other. I can definitely see that. The CG in the Fifth Element would be the only thing that would give it away. Right. And since Alien didn't really use much CG, you didn't have that aged effect. That's actually probably helped the quality of the movie, too. They didn't have to use such visual filters and stuff like that on the film. They could use the scenery itself, make the room darker, make everything look more textured by physically making it textured. I definitely know that helped me enjoy this movie on a rewatch. Visually, it looked nice. It didn't feel like I was watching an old movie, visually speaking. Neither did I. I thought it would be more modern. I, I looked it up to find out where I could watch it, and I saw it was a 1979 film. But like I said, I had a hard time actually seeing it as a 70s film. So I'm with you on that. I can tell you, I've seen some 80s films that look older than that. <laughs> Now, my last piece of trivia to throw out there for everybody, which was really hilarious for me. This is the first R-rated movie to have toys marketed for kids. 
<laughs> what? Bruh. <laughs> Could you imagine like a breakfast cereal, you know, having a toy at the bottom? Like, here's an alien toy. Or you just go to the kids section and you see alien right beside the Legos. <laughs> like, here's a xenomorph. Here's a face hugger. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You know those like superhero masks that are like one half of like a f whole head that you can find at like Walmart and Target? It's oh, that, no. but the face hugger. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Regent, that's not like some shit you did in the 80s. <laughs> well, in the 90s, I guess, like go back and get a facehugger mask. Oh no, God no. No, I was never one of those to buy a facehugger mask. I mean, there's been times in Spencer's and Hot Topic during the either the anniversary of Alien or October, they'll have like the plushes, like the facehugger to buy. You can have as like a pillow pet, like a like a what kids used to have as teddy bears growing up that you could lay next to and hold on to it for dear life. Yeah. I mean, I never got into the memorabilia stuff of Alien. I would love to get the poster with the egg cracking open framed if I ever get my hands on the actual like poster not like a redone or a collectible one probably never will happen unless i find an actual poster like official poster person that actually has like legitimately from the 1979 like movie release like that's the type of poster i would want to get i do want to speak real quickly on the media impact of the game i mean of the movie so one of my favorite games mortal kombat for those who have never played it or should have played it mortal kombat number 10 they have what's called the xl edition alien or the xenomorph is part of the cast of characters and combatants. oh yeah i remember that and it uses acid blood as a defense mechanism as a combo breaker slash parry attack. It also does pick up an enemy, attacks it with the little mo little monster teeth inside its mouth. There's also a fatality that you pick it up and actually impregnate it and caught and you throw them across the ground. They do explode and a chestbuster comes out and dresses like the character you killed. So if it's Johnny Cage, he wears his sunglasses. If it's Rain, he wears his hat. So there's little Easter eggs from Alien in the movie. I mean, Predator, later on when they do that Alien vs. Predator, and they're running that way of Jason versus Freddy or Freddy versus Jason fiasco. But early 2000s was a weird time for some of us. For sci-fi and horror movies and as a combined unit. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely in the movie. I think one of its other kills was doing like a full-on like acid bath and the impregnation with the chest burster. Definitely a big thing. I mean, you had the, the Aliens versus Predator game, Aliens Colonel or Colonel Marines. Oh yeah, there was there was a bunch of games, but I I definitely see what you mean. Like I'm starting to remember, there's been a lot of cultural impact that Alien has had, even though some of the movies are fucking awful. Facts. Usually, the biggest impact you'll see Alien on outside of like knickknacks is going to be video games. Like it's an either an additional character, a boss, an Alien game directly. There's always some type of love for the Xen Xenomorph to show up in a horror-based game or a military-based game as a big baddie. All right. Any final notes before we close? Otherwise, giving my final review for the film, I feel like it's a 9 out of 10. I will say it's it's like an 8.5 to 9. I do give it more of a 9 mostly because I feel like it stands the test of time. That is a great commending thing that I can say to it is that for it to be this many years, I mean, what is that, 40? Goodness gracious, over 40 years old, and yet it stands that really well. I have to give that movie props, and I enjoyed it. I know I only gave it two viewings. I would say if you're a fan of horror or if you're a fan of sci-fi, I think it's worth a watch. And if you're someone who appreciates well-made cinema, I think it also so deserves a watch as well and a recommendation. Otherwise, I enjoyed it. I would have to piggyback off Cookie an eight and a half to a nine. I know I spent the first couple minutes, probably around 10 minutes, saying I didn't like the film, but I'm going to give this movie a nine out of 10. What? 
I can remove my enjoyment from this film to actually see it as it is, as a piece of art and see it as a work of cinema, just see how well made it is and how good of a film it is. For fun, what's your personal? <laughs> oh, for personal enjoyment, probably like a like a five. Oh, that's not that bad. I think we've had worse films. Yes. <sighs> Shame. Shame. Look, I started out with a nine. Shame. You can shut the fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely give it a nine out of ten on a cinematic score. If you're a big fan of sci-fi, definitely give it a go. If you're a big fan of horror, maybe go into it with lower expectations and just look for something suspenseful, maybe. Dude, I feel like horror people will probably have already seen this. You're like late to the game. I know I'm late to the game. If you already like this movie, give it a rewatch. I enjoyed it. And that's why we're here, to get him up to speed. Yes. Regent and Cookie, thank you very much for joining me and absolutely roasting me on my take of this movie. Oh, easily a pleasure as always. Do you need a hug? And thank you listeners for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, a like, share, review is definitely appreciated. You can also go ahead and follow us on our social media platforms. They are linked below as always. And if you want to tell me how wrong I am about this film, go ahead and do so. We'll definitely, you know, have a conversation with you over social media. Go ahead and do that. This was a listener suggested episode. So if you want to suggest a movie that you would like us to cover, go ahead and send us an email or tag us on social media. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Again, thank you very much for listening we hope you enjoyed and i hope you have a wonderful day bye